Romans chapter 1. While you're turning there, let me uh, mention this. I uh, was doing some reading, and this was totally unrelated to Romans, my Romans 1 study, but uh, it was interesting to see what the history of the word gospel was as far as our English word gospel. It's actually from an old high German got spell, G-O-T spell, S-P-E-L-L. Of course, in German, Gott is the German word for God, and so literally it's God spell. Well, the word spell, again, it's a combination of two words there uh, in uh, Old High German. The word spell means to read letter by letter. So literally, we're talking about God's message letter by letter as far as the gospel. I trust that you have trusted in the gospel. God says very clearly there's only one way to be righteous before him, and that's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As, as we uh, continue our thoughts here, notice, uh, let's pick up, uh, just review a few verses just by reading them, verse 18 and following, as we understand, again, the gospel, but we see that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No one, no one at the great white throne is going to say, but God, no, but no, no one is going to be able to say anything like that because they had creation, they had the conscience, and they even had the word of God if they had, would have sought it out. So as we understand this, no one's going to have any excuse because they're going to be proven sinners on that day at the great white throne. And notice here, as far as this rejection of the knowledge of God, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the, the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Notice here in verse 21 again, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Notice here this first statement, because that when they knew God. Everyone, everyone knows there's a God. Everyone knows there's a God. Even these Pacific Island islanders, who've never had the gospel missionaries show up to their, to their island. They know there's a God. They're worshiping false gods. They know there's a God. They have their focus in the wrong direction, but they know that there is a God. Notice, because that when they knew God, all have knowledge of God, creator God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Notice that the response that they have here is they do not glorify him as God. Now, as, as you think about uh, some of the statements that people will make about God, they'll call him the man upstairs. How blasphemous. Right. Yeah, the man upstairs. No, they know there's a God, and if they'll pay attention, there's a God that they're going to give an account to someday. They do not glorify him as God. Or, as I've just said, they will replace God with false gods. They'll have the tree God or the sun God, the moon God or whatever, you know, one and a half billion people worship the moon god, Allah. They, they worship a false god. They have a false god. They do not glorify him as God. And in fact, as you think about how many people in our culture will blaspheme God, they'll, they'll make statements. 
God's last name is not damn. They know there's a God, but they do not glorify him as God. And notice the added statement, neither were thankful. Americans are such an unthankful people. We, we have had more blessings than most any other nation on this earth. We have been so blessed, but we are so unthankful. You think about unthankful Americans. In fact, Romans 2 verse 4 says this, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God's goodness to Americans should have been leading us to repentance. Instead, it's, it's leading us to, to greater sin. It says also uh, in verse uh, 21, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They became vain in their imaginations. Notice me, 2 Kings 17. 2 Kings chapter 17. 2 Kings 17, notice verse 6. Of course, this is a nation that should have known better, just like America. But it says here in 2 Kings 17, notice verse 6 and following. I want you to notice this, this illustration here of becoming vain in their imaginations. 2 Kings 17, verse 6. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of, uh, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hala and in Habor by the city of Gozan. And in the cities of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. Notice this treasonous betrayal of Judah. God was their God. But notice here they're, they're fearing other gods and not the God of heaven that brought them out of Egypt. And notice also walked in the statutes of the heathen, their laws of the heathen nations whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. Notice these ungodly laws of the kings of Israel. They, they uh, uh, followed those, those uh, as well. It says here, And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. And they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchmen to the fenced city. And they set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. This, this is a trap that Israel fought, fell into often. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away uh, uh, before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. Now, again, you think about the, the eternal flame that's at the, the altar that's been built on the high place of Mount uh, Herzl in Israel. The same thing is still true today. They still have their incense, they're burning to false gods. They have altars in high places even yet today. They're serving idols whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers." which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear. Just like they didn't hear Jesus, just like they didn't hear the other prophets throughout the centuries, the generations. But it hardened their necks like to the neck of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes. Notice the contrast here, verse 8. They walked in the statutes of the heathen. They rejected God's statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers. His testimonies, which he testified against them, and they followed, notice, they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God 
and made them molten images, even two calves, and made a grove, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served Baal. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire. Oh, this, this sounds like child sacrifice here in America. 60, what, 66 million babies have been, been slaughtered here in America. That's all a part of false religion. Notice, use divination and enchantments. You know, what's, what, what's zodi- what sign of the zodiac were you born under? They used divination and enchantments. They sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. And Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they have made. Keep doing the same things, you get the same results. Judah's following Israel's example, and guess what? They're going to head into captivity as well. And the Lord rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. Now, again, I want you to notice back in uh, verse verse, uh, 15, it says, They followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen. Uh, You think about how vain it is to sit and meditate in front of a Buddha statue for two hours. We have talked to people who actually do that. Um, no, don't, you can empty your mind. No, the Bible doesn't say empty your mind. It says fill your mind with scripture. Uh, but just sitting in the lotus position. Uh, that's vain. How vain is it to hail Mary in front of a, a Mary statue? How vain it is to have a statue of Jesus, supposedly, and stand there and pray to Jesus. They glorified him not as God. And they came vain in their imaginations. Images, also the mind. I, I believe for most Americans, it may not be a statue that they bow in front of or pray to or whatever. But they have an idea of Jesus in their own head. Oh, yeah, Je- the Jesus that they're, they're worshiping loves to have a beer with them and lets them do exactly what they want to do. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus of the Bible called churches to repent in Revelation 2 and 3. They became vain in their imaginations. You think about the Greek philosophers. They had their opinions and their theories. They became vain in their imaginations. You, I, ever, I don't, I've not done a lot of reading of that, but every once in a while I'll read quotes from some of these, uh, these Greek philosophers, you know, the, the quotes that still surface from time to time. How vain, how vain they became because of all their, their false worship. They did not glorify God as God and became vain in their imaginations. Also it says that their foolish heart was darkened. Notice me John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Their foolish heart was darkened. The Bible tells us very clearly that men's hearts, wicked men's hearts, are vain. They are also darkened spiritually. John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I mentioned this verse last week, but notice verse 19 in the context. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now surely if Jesus the Son of God came to earth, surely if Jesus the light of the world came to earth, people would listen. No, definitely not. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Notice, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That's why they don't want the light of the word of God. Because they don't want their, their sin, their wickedness reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, and that his uh, deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Again, very clearly we see that their foolish heart was darkened. Literally, man goes further and further and further down when they reject the knowledge of God. God said they, 
They know, they, they know there's a God. When they knew there's a new God, they glorified him not as God. And so then they continued to spiral down. Rejection of truth, the light of the gospel, results in increasing darkness of the heart, spiritual darkness. Notice me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So when somebody rejects the truth, they're going to continue down a dark path spiritually. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 7. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Oh, by the way, based on what Dave said earlier, Paul wasn't afraid to talk about ministry. <laughs> yeah, we're starting this ministry. No, we're, we're starting this, this, this online, you know, um, let's see. We can't use the word ministry. Just use the Bible words. It's like, <laughs> we have this ministry, he says, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Oh, we've got to use different words so that, so that they won't be scared off. I mean, that's exactly the way of modern you know, ministries, in quote-unquote. Not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that which, uh, which uh, believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. They have blinders on. They can't see anything but straight ahead with what they want to focus on. They don't want to see the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to reveal God the Father to mankind. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Again, we see very clearly this darkness, spiritual darkness, that comes on people because they reject knowledge of God. As we continue this, this journey here through, through Romans 1, I want you to notice here some consequences, some results of people rejecting the truth of God. Notice in verse 22, it says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Notice in verse 22 we see that people will adopt a foolish philosophy. When, when somebody rejects a knowledge of God, they're going to adopt, they're going to replace the knowledge of God with a foolish philosophy. That's exactly what we have in our universities and our public schools and all of that today. It says they profess themselves to be wise. So notice here we have this self-profession of wisdom. <laughs> they have this self-profession of wisdom. Think, think about that statement. They profess themselves to be wise, but they don't compare themselves whether or not they really are wise. In fact, you know, James talks about the earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom of this world as opposed to heavenly wisdom from God himself. Again, you think about our university professors. They've lost their tail now, so they have their PhDs. So you th the, the foolishness of, of atheism, the foolishness of evolution, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. This is a perfect description of college professors, university professors, even with the PhDs, all these letters behind their name. This is a self-profession. They are fools. God calls them fools. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And notice also in verse 23, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Here's, here's why they, they, they say this, because faith is not reasonable. 
it's not reasonable to believe that there's a God you can't see. No, no, I can't see God, but I see the evidence that there is a God, as the Bible has talked about here. Faith is not reasonable, they say. And so they belittle those who believe in God and who believe the Bible is the word of God. If, if there's a believer that ends up in a university, there is very small a professing believer. Maybe I better back up and clarify this. The professing believer, professing Christian, goes to the university classroom. There is a very small chance that by the time they're done with four to eight years of university education, there's a very small chance that they're even going to believe that there is a God, definitely, by the time they're done. In fact, the, the statistics show that those who grow up in church, but they go to public school, and they go to the public university, 75 to 80% of young people reject God by the time they're done with their university education. Growing up in a church, evangelical church type of church, literally they tear down their belief and understanding that there's a God. Think about humanism in a public education. All of this stuff is a result of what Paul is talking about here. This was written in the first century of Christianity. It's still true today, just like it was in the first century. They became fools, notice. They became fools. Unbelief always results in foolishness. You think about atheists. They deny that there's a God in heaven. And then they put forth their whole life's effort to to fight against a God who does not exist. What foolishness. If, If you don't believe there's a God, why don't you just go eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. And yet all of these atheists who are writing best-selling books explaining away the existence of God. What foolishness. What a waste of their time. Live life. Enjoy it if there's no God, you think. Atheists. That, that's, it's a self-defeating philosophy. Fools, this word fools, I've mentioned this before, is, is the Greek word, that's the source of our English word moron. They become moronic. You think about... Oh, so some of the things I, I see some of these PhDs are, are dabbling in. Every once in a while, it'll surface in an article or something. It's like, what fools? What morons? Literally, you reject God, you're going to end up a fool, and, and everybody's going to be laughing at you. Literally, they're fools. I, I came across this, this quote. This is a very interesting one. They know more and more about less and less until they know everything about nothing. They say, see, that's their authority. They say such and such. They say there is no God. Who's they? What fools? The reason they become fools is because they have rejected the source of wisdom. Proverbs says the source of wisdom is a fear of God. That's the beginning of wisdom. They don't even have the beginning of wisdom. They're not going to have true wisdom. They have this world's sensual, devilish wisdom, but not God's wisdom. Notice also in verse 23 then. They change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Notice, they replace God with idols or images, sometimes idols and images of their own, own making, imaginations. Ezekiel talks about idols of the heart. Literally, in many cases, they've set themselves up as God. So they change the glory of the uncorruptible God, the eternal God who does not ever experience corruption. He's not given to corruption. That's what the uncorruptible word uncorruptible means. Notice they change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to, here's our list, 
corruptible man. So here's eternal God who has all glory, all power, and it says that people begin worshiping an image made like to a man. This is, this is a perfect picture of the Greek culture, the Roman culture, in which Paul is writing this. All these people who would worship in the temples, the goddess Diana, and all, all of these gods and goddesses that they had. Because they reject God, notice, they, they have to turn to something. They reject the uncorruptible God. They turn to an image made like to a Buddha statue. They turn to an image made like Jesus, supposedly. Mary and other saints. The Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. All of these things. Notice me, uh, Psalm 106. Psalm 106. God mocks this, actually, when you think about the some of the statements he makes. Notice Psalm 106, verse 19. This is an example of Israel. In Exodus 32, even God's chosen nation had trouble with this. It says, verse 19, they made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Psalm 106, verse 19. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. You know, I, I, put it, I melted all this gold and out came this calf. That's what Aaron said. <laughs> Oh, it was miraculous. I just, I just put, I put it in this mold and took away the mold. And, oh, there's this, there's this golden calf. Thus they changed their glory. Israel was given the glory of God in the, in the tabernacle. They changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. I, 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 like, I like eating grass-fed cattle but beef, but uh, I don't know that I would worship one like they do in India. Think about that. There's people starving in India because they won't eat a cow. What foolishness is that? They'll let the rats eat more than they eat because that might be our ancestor. They forget God their Savior which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham and terrible things by the Red Sea. All of this stuff they saw and they rejected the glory of God for a, a calf. Notice verse 34 then. Psalm 106, verse 34. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. Jeremiah 10, 2 says, Learn not the way of the heathen. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. They they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. The word corruptible means given to, to corruption and decay. So, so you think about some of these uh, gods and goddesses that they used to worship, these Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. You look at some of these statues after 2,000 years. Some are missing arms. <laughs> They're worshiping something given to corruption. Well, that, so, the, so then sometimes the Bible says they, they make a god out of wood. Uh, you don't think wood's going to eventually rot and decay. It's corruptible. But notice the list here again. Like unto corruptible man. All right, so that, that's the human-looking statues and images that religions make. Also notice to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. See, see we, we, have, we have more sophisticated gods in America here. We're not, well, a lot of them are bowing down and meditating from a Buddha, but... But most Americans, we're, we're more sophisticated in our idolatry. 
No, you can't just own a Ford, Chevy, whatever anymore. You have to have a, you have to have a Thunderbird, a Cobra, a Mustang. I, I remember um, when I had the FedEx route down in uh, South Texas. One of the places I would deliver every once in a while to was uh, this um, high-end sports car sh- uh, shop. Some of the cars, I mean, he had, I think, like $3 million worth of cars sitting on his inside showroom floor. Some of those cars were three hundred dollars to $500,000 a piece. It was very interesting to look at. I didn't have enough money, so, you know. But, but what I thought was very interesting, I mean, you don't dare touch those cars. You could look. You think about the worship. Why, why is it that all these young punks who go speeding 50 miles an hour down this 25-mile-an-hour zone right here? Why is it that they have to have this $50,000 sports car? Why can't you just buy, you know, I mean, you're just, you're young. Why can't you just buy something that's a little more affordable? Because they have to have a four-footed beast. This is America. We are just as pagan as an island in the Pacific. Four-footed beasts, creeping things. Who'd want something to worship something creepy? <laughs> Literally, we still have our idolatry here in America. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's the reality of it. Paul very clearly tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 what they're really doing. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 19. What say I then? That the idols anything? Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Verse 20, but I say the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. Oh, they're worshiping some so-called God or goddess. But Paul says in reality, they're sacrificing to devils, demonic spirits. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. So, so how is it that uh, so many evangelical Christians, so-called churches, are fellowshipping now with Roman Catholicism that sacrifices to devils? How is that possible? We, we've lost sight of all of this. We have idolatry in America, and we don't even see it. God created man with a spirit for worship. But when they rejected God, they have to replace God with someone or something. A Jesus statue, a a Buddha image. For many today, it's a politician. We have become godless America, and so we are voting godless people into office because that is the hope for America. If that's the hope for America, God help us, we're in big trouble. We keep voting the lesser of two evils, and we keep getting more and more evil, just like this passage is saying. Because we have made politicians our God. We've rejected Jesus Christ. So we have to have someone be our Messiah, our representative, to deliver us. Mary and Catholicism. Athletes. I, I, I think today of all of the worship centers across America. You know, it used to be that here in America, they did not have large sporting events on the Lord's Day. Let me ask you, how many of these hundreds of thousands of people are going to be gathering in these worship centers today? 
went to a Bible-preaching church before they went to that worship center. Let alone these athletes who say they're Christians, and they don't ever attend church on the Lord's Day for 16, 20 weeks out of the year. We have gods in America, and we don't even see it. We worship these athletes. We worship musicians. Last I knew, they still had a temple in Tennessee for the king of rock and roll. And I also think about all these shrines all over the world. When Michael Jackson died, all these shrines that were set, I saw photos around the world, literally, of all these shrines that were, were put up for in honor of Michael Jackson. We reject God, and so because of that, we need to replace God with someone or something. The living God is replaced with a lifeless image. The invisible God, as we see in verse 20, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible God is replaced with an idol they can see. First Timothy 1.17 also refers to God as the invisible God. It's very interesting. In Deuteronomy 4, God said, you saw no similitude. When he came down to Mount Sinai, you saw no similitude. God, as he came down on Mount Sinai, did not look like a man. He did not look like a beast. He did not look like a calf. None of that. You saw no similitude as God came down on Mount Sinai. So the invisible God is replaced with an idol they can see, a God of their own imagination. The only wise God is replaced with dumb idols. Notice Isaiah 40. Like I say, God God gets a thrill and enjoyment out of mocking these false gods. Just, Just like, you know, Elijah, as he's mocking the prophets of Baal. Oh, he's a god. Oh, maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's sleeping and needs to be awakened. Where's your God? And it says they, they, they got to the point where they're cutting themselves and dancing on the altar trying to, Oh, Baal, hear us. Oh, Baal, hear us. So after Elijah watches that for a few hours, he says, Whoa, cry out. He's a god. Why isn't your God hearing? Isaiah 40, verse 18. To him, or to whom I should say, then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? All right, so, so again, you reject God, you're going to replace God with someone or something. The workman melteth a graven image, and the, golden, uh, the goldsmith, I should say, spreadeth it over with gold and casteth silver chains. Oh, yeah, you know, God, you know, God of gold and silver. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation, chooseth a tree. No, he's the one who chooses this tree that will not rot. You know, hardwood. You got a certain kind of wood that's going to last longer. That will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? <laughs> Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. So here's this God that he's making, and God's the one sitting up upon the, the, the circle of the earth as sovereign of this earth. Notice, the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. That stretcheth out, stretches out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. So, all right, so there is an expanding universe. This tells me right here. God's the one stretching it out like a curtain. It's not a big bang that's, you know, it's, verse 23, that bringeth the princes to nothing. 
He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. They they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? God says, who's who's a comparison like me? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from God, from my God? Notice again, uh, also uh, Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44. This tells us very clearly that Judah dealt with idolatry. They had replaced the God of glory with a dumb idol. Verse 9 of, of chapter 44. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity. Oh, well, there's that word vanity again. So when you focus on idolatry, you become vain in your imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They see not nor know that they may uh, be ashamed. Who hath formed a god or molten a graven image that is profitable for nothing? Notice, profitable for nothing. Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed. And the workmen, they're men. That's men creating these idols. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up. Yet they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs, both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth it with, a hammer, with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth. He drinketh no water and is faint. I've got to take a lunch break while I'm making my God. <laughs> lunch break. Here's God who spoke everything in existence. He, he did not rest the seventh day because he was tired. He rested the seventh day as a pattern for us. Think about this. God is not weary. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't fall asleep on the throne. If he falls asleep on the, on the throne, we'd be in trouble. Lunch break. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. He marketh it, uh, it out with the compass. And making it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man. Remember, we saw this corruptible man in Romans 1. That will remain in the house. No, this this God is going to remain in the house. We're going to build the shrine for it in our, in our living room. <laughs> he heweth him down cedars. And taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengthened for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash. And the rain doth nourish it. Rain from God, by the way. Then shall it be for a man to burn. For he will take thereof and warm himself. Yeah, he, so part of the tree that he's making this God out of, he's going to cut it up, burn, burn in his wooden stove. You know, he needs some heat. You know, in the fireplace. Notice, notice he baketh bread then, once he has his fire going. Yeah, he maketh a God and worshipeth it. He maketh it a graven image and falleth down thereto. He burneth part thereof in the fire... With part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself and said, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh a god. Even his graven image he falleth down unto it and worshipeth it and prayeth unto it and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my god. They had not known nor understood. Notice, they have not known nor understood. They're ignorant. They're morons, according to Romans 1. 
For he has shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. Notice, God is the one who passes this judgment, this delusion upon them. So they can't see what's going on, what they're doing in reality. None considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge or understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire, yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof, I have roasted flesh and eaten it, and shall I make the residue thereof an abomination, an idol? Shall I fall down to the stock of a tree? He feedeth on ashes, a deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, is there not a lie in my right hand? The deception of this, again, the vanity of following after these false gods. Habakkuk and various other places talk about this. God, God emphasizes. So, so Americans are, you know, we're, we're, we're better, as I've said. We're better than the Pacific Islanders. We're better than them because we're educated. No, we're educated fools. <laughs> we're educated heathens here in America. Cultures all around the world worship nature. Here in America... We worship all creatures as our ancestors of evolution. What's the difference? We have just become educated heathens. 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. 1 John 5, 21, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. But we need to pay attention. What is there in our lives that has become an idol? What has become an image that takes away, steals from God's glory? Verse 24 through 27 also gives us another consequence of rejecting God. God will deliver them over to degradation, depravity, perversion. Let's just begin this here. It says in verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Notice again, they did not want to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Continued sentence here. Being filled, instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit, notice they're filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God. This is a continued sentence here. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Here's the downward spiral of control in our wicked nation, in our world. Literally, when somebody rejects and a nation rejects God, there is going to be a continuous spiral down into greater and greater and greater wickedness. You don't believe me? Look at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, there's no way that was a true story because we can't find any evidence of Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. God says, I'm going to wipe them off the earth. It's underwater. It's underwater where Sodom and Gomorrah used to be because God blasted that place out so, so, so vastly in his judgment, you can't even find it today. 
When God says something, we better pay attention. And I want you to think about this as far as, as far as my message last week. This is what people need to hear as the gospel is presented to them. How are they going to understand what kind of sinner they really are? Unless we give the same introduction that Paul does here. He doesn't start with Romans 3.10. He doesn't start with Romans 3.23. He's laying out the heathen and the, the religious. They all are under God's judgment. For the wrath of God is present tense, revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And now he's developing what he means by that. And again, when they reject God, when somebody rejects God, walks away and turns away from the knowledge of God, guess what? They're wide open. They're wide open. Young people, can I, can I point out something here? You better pay attention to your preacher today. Not to, to this man, but what the word of God is saying. How many times I've seen over the last several decades, how many times I've seen young people think they know better than God. And as soon as they're on their own, boy, they're out of church. They don't care about God. Guess what? You don't want to retain God in your knowledge. Guess what's going to happen? How many young people we dealt with in a youth group? If I remember right, maybe five that we know of are serving God today. When somebody does not retain God in their knowledge, guess what? You're wide open to God's judgment, chastening, whether you're, you're judgment if you're an unbeliever, chastening if you, if you claim to be a believer in Christ. Can I remind you, adults, you better keep God in your knowledge. God better be the focus of your life because guess what? You've opened yourself up to all kinds of things. That's what this passage is saying. When, when we do not retain God in our life, if, if, if God is not the, the whole focus of our, our, our life service, well, i got to go to work. You go to work to serve God and provide for your family. Everything about our lives. I, I said, I think it was last week, the psalmist says, how do you know a wicked person? God is not in all their thoughts. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Uh, guess what? I can tell you where that's going. As soon as you don't want God in your mind, in your, in your thoughts, in your imaginations, you're going to replace it with someone else and something else. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to hear the warnings here today. Very clearly we see in Romans 1, we live in a wicked, wicked world. And when nations and individuals reject the O God, we leave ourselves wide open, wide open to all kinds of wickedness and depravity and foolishness. Lord, first and foremost, I pray that somebody here today does not know Jesus Christ as Savior. I pray today, Holy Spirit of God, that you would have freedom to work in people's hearts. They would understand that before God, they are a sinner before thee, O God, as a sinner, it will be cast into a lake of fire, a place of judgment forever and ever and ever.
Lord, help us to understand that. If anyone here today is not trusting in Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. As they realize that Jesus Christ already took care of their sin, sin problem, that you need to trust in him. Lord, help us as believers. Lord, as, as I continue studying through this passage, think of how many thousands of people who made professions of faith based on partial information Because of that, they have made this false profession of faith. Because they prayed a prayer, they think they're on their way to heaven. As they continue moving deeper and deeper into sin. Because there's no true salvation. Oh God, how many people are going to wake up in hell someday? Having been given a false assurance of salvation. Holy Spirit, bring the application to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.